Nigel Nigerson, and you're listening to Metal Nerdery. Please follow them on the social media. Uh, they are now on Twitter at Metal Nerdery. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Metal Nerdery Podcast. And search for them out in the Googles at metalnerdery.com slash podcast. This is Obvious Osborne. That guy's British. Isn't it obvious? Hey, this is Matt from Metal Nerdery. And Bill is over there from Metal Nerdery. What's up? Welcome back. Our third nerd, the Adam, is, uh, I think he's actually got some uh, pasta delivery stuff to do with Millie today. So I think he, he's taking a day to, to help Millie out with the, some pasta delivery and some, some stuff. So he's on assignment. On assignment. So this will be two-thirds the nerds. But it, it's kind of an exciting episode because Adam doesn't really care for Tool very much. And of course, Bill and I... Do enjoy us some tool. Gross. Yeah, phrasing. Sorry about that. A little <laughs> weird. But yeah, we do enjoy the tool. And Gross. by the way, <laughs> <laughs> they did release a new one recently, uh, Fear Inoculum, which if you guys don't have it, go download it. I don't have it, and I need to download it because Matt's still rocking the iPod. Idiot. Old, old school technology. Old school. But we're going to talk about today, we're talking about really what I call like the first real tool album the one that got me on my way anima yeah me too it's an amazing album i mean not to take away from undertow but something about anima to me just seemed more broad like it covered it was kind of something different in metal because it wasn't there was some experimental shit going on that we weren't really familiar with right yeah and the sounds were kind of like okay this isn't really the metal we're used to so what is it you know Right, and and the production too is like, is so. Uh, it's big. It's yeah. It's got a ginormous. I don't I almost might say tearing sound, but it's it's huge. Right, it's definitely a huge sound. It might be. It might border on tearing. Are they tuned down? I don't know if they're like the standard. I think they're like half step down, which I think is kind of the sometimes the the general. Right, but that album art, in case you people are trying to remember, you know which album was Anima. It's the one for those of you that are old enough to know what CDs are. The slipcase, the jewel case, had like this weird effect to it, where you could turn it and see the album cover. It looked like it was just light falling into light, kind of, and it would just look animated as you'd hold the case back and forth like a, like a crazy, crazy person. Cover art for Anima featuring artist Cam DeLeon's painting Smoke Box with animated smoke and encompassing eyes. It was released on September 17th, 1996. Wow. 24 years ago now. Well, not yet. It'll be 24 years this year. Recorded September 95 to March 96. The boys took their time. It's Studio Ocean Way, Calif- Hollywood, California. The Hook, Hollywood, California. Good times. When did you first hear it, Bill? When did you first hear the album or song from it, even? I'm sure it was at the end of 96, or had to be 96 or 97, yeah. Like somebody else just had it on and you just heard it and was like, ooh, what's that? I'm sure, because I had heard of them before, 
you know, from the previous album. And I don't, I don't remember if I got the other album, the other album first, or if it was this one first, but this one to me is, this one to me was kind of like that, that the, the feeling of this one is, is way deeper and darker than the other one. To me, it was almost like the same jump from like kill them all to ride lightning, like that level of exponential yeah. leap from one level right. to the next. That's kind of what it was to go from undertow to anima. Yeah, it's crazy. It's fucking... In every song, I mean, that's a complete work one for me. Yeah, you got to just put it on and go because some of it, it's like there's random stuff. Like, why, why is that in there? Right. It's hard to. It, this is one of those ones that's hard to listen to on shuffle. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes like those like little interlude ex- things are like. Not only that, when the song's over, you expect the next one. Right. You know. Yeah. But the little interlude things do kind of factor in on this one, and there's there's a few of those. First time I heard this actually was a, a buddy of mine I used to work with, and this was like his favorite album, like Desert Island right. album kind right. of thing. Yeah. And he was always listening to it. And of course, you know, he'd start it up and start on Stink Fist, and it was just like, yeah. Yeah. And he'd let it play through, and the more I heard it, I was like, I mean, I was sold from the first listen. Yeah. But then that's one of those, it's like a, you know, you get into it and it's like you go deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's definitely got a dark vibe to it. Oh, yeah. Tool is not your run-of-the-mill surface stuff. No. It's a whole new level of darkness. Even their cover of No Quarter by Zeppelin, you remember that one? Yeah, that's just dark. That makes makes No Quarter look even darker and creepier. Yeah. Hashtag eviler. Eviler. Looks like this one debuted at number two on Billboard 200. One thing that's cool about Tool, yes, I realize that's a rhyme. Y'all didn't know I'm a gangster rapper, did you? Easy. One thing that's cool about Tool, though, is that they've always had a really solid fan support. Because it's like like they just came out with their new album, what, 13 years after their last one? And it's like, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Like Tool fans are just rabid. I mean, you know, they love them some tool, which easy yeah. now. But I'm <laughs> <laughs> be an ongoing theme. Hashtag backshadowing. <laughs> but it's like tool always does well. It's like there's always so much anticipation because they really are like an they're an art band almost. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying for sure. It's it's not your it's never your run run of the mill four four. It's not an album. It, it's a I mean? piece. Yeah. Because like there's even like the little interlude things because they've always done that and sometimes that irritates me when bands do it because it's like it's throwing away space. But then you think about it in a bigger picture and it's kind of like you sort of need that for context because that kind of gives you some insight into what the artist is thinking. Yeah. In terms of how it relates to the album because there's a reason it's there. Sure. An artist doesn't just add something on there for zero reason. And the thing about this album is there's some, and one of the favorite things for me about this album is uh, there's some clips from some Bill Hicks tracks, uh, Bill Hicks jokes at the end on uh, Third Eye, which is a real treat. And in fact, I think there was a time where Bill Hicks actually opened for Tool on tour. Yeah. Which is cool. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I can't imagine how weird that would be seeing a comedian open for you know a band like Tool that, or seeing a comedian like Bill Hicks open for a band like Tool that yeah. it's fucking that's Tool. But anyway, the whole album it's Tool when they release an album they release a piece it it is kind of like an art piece. 
that's that's kind of the take I, I get from it every time they release one until releases an album it just it doesn't feel like you know it's kind of like album. Floyd was kind of yeah it's yeah. like it's almost like a painting right Right. Like a sonic painting, if you will, rather yeah. than just a collection of tracks on an album. Right, right, right. Floyd was kind of that way. Yeah. Like everything, it was done for a reason. and it Deliberate. Was, right. I think they're almost kind of like the modern day Floyd. That's almost the way I kind of see Tool. It's like there are generations Pink Floyd, in a way. Possibly, yeah. yeah I, I can definitely see some similarities i mean i'm not necessarily maybe that's not the perfect analogy but i mean i think they're like the embodiment of that for it's on this the generation yeah it's like the next wave but yeah this album's got uh we'll get into the tracks in a minute because those are awesome we have some of them we've got to go through to talk about just for sheer value yeah the production of that one really had that fat sound I think that was kind of the beginning of their sound because Danny Carey's always had like a very unique drum sound and it got more and more uniquely his as albums have progressed. But I think this was kind of the beginning of, because the production of this one's awesome because like the drums sound oh, yeah. huge, the bass everything. sounds huge, guitars, vocals, everything sounds huge. Yeah. And the production's huge. <laughs> huge. Everything's huge. It's tearingly huge. That's a giant, huge tool. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag hashbags thank you hashbags. <laughs> hashbags. Uh, it's the first studio album with former peach bassist justin chancellor how would you like to be part of a band named peach okay i mean anything's possible anything's possible and you know what now i'm gonna have to go back and listen to it just to see what it sounds like yeah because obviously there's a reason you, you, it's probably similar to the tool i bet uh, you never know go check it out mm-hmm. The title of it is a combination of the words anima, Latin for soul, and associated with the ideas of life force. Life force. And enema? (laughs) Cleansing of the anal cavity. Medical procedure that we all know and love. Except not really. The word for the day is shitting your soul out of your body. That's what it looks like. Of course, if your soul is really kind of evil, then does that make you like spiritually constipated? <laughs> is that the technical term? Or maybe if your soul's not evil, it comes right out. Like spiritual diarrhea. <laughs> okay, coming up with the great terms here on the Metal Nerd. They had a few singles for this. Stink Fist, great title. And if you listen to the lyrics, it makes the title that much more impactful. Which I'm not sure that's actually a word. Impactful? Yeah. Anima? H. H. Not sure what that's about, but and also 46 and 2. Yeah, those are all badass songs. Yes, they are. The energy of that album is just, there's something about some of the, like to me, when Tool does heavy shit, it's got like an unusually heavy heaviness. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's like, it's not one you can put your finger on, but it's almost like that level of like dissonance and harshness. And it's like, because there's, I think it's like the end of maybe 46 and 2 or maybe even H, but it's like they hit so hard mm-hmm. where it's almost like thrashy in a way, but not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of what I liked about Tool because they can still bring the aggression hardcore and still keep it sort of artsy. 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 Keep it rather artsy. Shall we get into some of the trackos? Sure. Sounds like a... Sounds like something you get at the music store. You just go in, it's like, hey man, what you need? 
need a bag of tracos. Just like dump it out. I guess it's like a playlist. Right, here we go. Playing single chord, drop C. Wow. Yeah. When we get to that one, that's the uh, Dair von Satan. Which I think that means like the eggs of Satan or something like that. I think it was written about balls. Not 100% sure, but it's possible. Huevos? Huevos. 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 Of course, we open the Anima experience with the Stink Fist, which is a killer opener, too, especially the way it kind of cranks up.
fast forward or fade out. That's such a good one. That is a good one. That's like one of those killer opener things. And then it goes into eulogy, which tools always had that ability to have like a killer opener and then like a killer second song. Have you noticed that? Oh yeah. Like every sure. album, it's like they've got that pattern and then they, they, it flows along well and then it closes always strong. Another badass song. You're listening to WNRD, Nerd Rock. You're listening to Tool, doing the eulogy. That kind of tribal thing. I don't think anybody else really has that. Tool kind of has, they figured out a way to make it work perfectly. listen to some of their other ones as much as this one but me neither you know when i listen to them they don't have the same kind of feeling as this this one does yeah Yeah, this one's special yeah i don't know i think this one might be like their puppets that is not part of the song let the record show that that was off mic (laughs) adam Him. Yeah, 
I never get sick of that song. So fucking killer, man. Tool just has that ability, like great opener and then like awesome second track. Eight minutes and 27 seconds of goodness. Of awesomeness. Holy shit balls. I'd like to paraphrase. Paraphrase. <laughs> <laughs> you like, like to paraphrase with that? <laughs> yeah, I have a Big Mac and a paraphrase. <laughs> paraphrase. Wanted to paraphrase. I don't know. I didn't go to Burger King. I was going to say, Tool is a blessing. I was trying to paraphrase what Bill said about Slayer, but said I was going to paraphrase. So. That Tool <laughs> and a burger. is a blessing. <laughs> and a burger. Oh, man, that song is awesome. One thing about Tool, and Bill and I were talking about this earlier, their lyrics are always very deep. And I think, I think probably more intellectual, probably more highbrow. I think Tool might almost fall into the category of like, you know, intelligent metal, like smart metal. <laughs> smart metal. Well, don't you think, kind of? I mean, they've got like an elevated, the way they do stuff, I guess, their shit is just, it's it's different. It's kind of like we were saying before. It's kind of how Floyd was. I mean, kind of like Floyd. Kind of like, kind of like the modern day Floyd. Like a modern day Floyd with like that, that metal tribal kind of thing. Yeah, a little more industrial. Kind of, but I never really thought Tool had that bent to it. They always seemed like they still had the heavy. Yeah. Because like even some of the other songs on Anima, there's some heavy shit that they did that was, that would have bordered in the pantheon of like heaviness, like, you know, your Pantera and your, you know, heavy stuff. Right. But it was like they were uniquely Tool. Nobody else sounds like Tool. No. But they, but when Tool goes heavy, they go fucking heavy. But when they do kind of that ethereal more tribal kind of cleaner stuff. It, it's it's like a different, it's like that ambient kind of fills the room, like the can't be loud enough thing. Sure. It, it's like, like the, that. maybe we need to have a, I'm sure Adam would agree, we need to have like a, a can't be ambient enough episode. <laughs> but that, could, that could be really fun because I'm sure there's tons of stuff, a lot of tool stuff would be on that list. Sure. But anyway, sorry. Hashtag backshadowing. Got off on a tangential moment there. The next track is H, and then after that it goes into some different stuff. Different stuff. Different stuff. Different stuff. Different stuff. Slap at the bass. <laughs> Shit's just stole it, man. Just a touch. She went to the Ian, Ian Hill School of Masonry. Everyday metal. No. Cue up the bongos. Well, the drums, not the bongos. It's a good label. Not your everyday metal. Do that well. 
really like the lyrics. Right. The lyrics are deep. You need to read the lyrics as you listen to this. Because that's what we're doing. That good song, man. Yeah, Tool definitely gets uh, metal nerdery kudos and commitments and condiments for Anima, especially the three tracks we've heard thus far. And then some. And then some. And all the rest of it. And we got a little useful idiot. Yeah. Now, the funny thing about useful idiot is this goes into the category of little interlude things between songs. But it makes more sense in context. Go buy this album and support Tool for real. This is a subliminal message brought to you by Metal Treasury. You know, this song doesn't work on a shuffle. No, because oh. it goes into 46 and 2. But when you listen to it front to back. Oh, yeah. It somehow fits. Yes, you flay, you couldn't pull front it off. Front to back, it fits. It's I said a, it. It is a piece front to back. What? <laughs> Hashtag backshadowing. And then we go to 46 and 2. This song, for sure. Yeah. Highly recommend listening to it with uh, headphones. <laughs> I just noticed what the next track is, and I feel some backshadowing coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Although, 
just passed the three song mark for Adam. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you saying? He's out. <laughs> At this point, he's frosting for the rest of the episode, which, wait a minute, what? <laughs> Maybe we need to redefine what he's doing. <laughs> Screaming from the balls. <laughs> so full, you know. They've got a way, I don't know how they do it, but it's textural. to it you know just that big time ugly fucking raunchy god damn right in your face just it's almost like smacking you in the face just that intensity of it i like the lyrics of that tune that really uh yeah that's a good one <laughs> wait, wait we gotta go to the next one we, we may not play the whole thing or we could play it because it goes into hooker with a penis but the next song hashtag backshadowing is message to harry man back <laughs> i'm sorry that's just you put that on an album that's gonna get people talking because i remember i saw that i'm like what in the fuck is that but you know i'm trying to be open-minded it's 2020 and what i want to do is i want to understand what maynard meant by uh who knows maybe he was backshadowing even before we discovered backshadowing <laughs> maybe I mean, maybe one day we'll have Maynard on the show and he can tell us, but so we go from uh, 46 and 2 to message to Harry Mann back and then end the hooker with a penis. And then intermission after that. This is another interlude is that what we call it? Yeah. You think you're cool, right? Yeah. I'll take a large pizza. Extra pepperoni. PSA. Kudos and commitments to Tool for the uh, editorial section of the album. 
Because <laughs> to be honest, that's the first time I've really, because I've always listened to it and it always had a weird energy to it. And then I went, now, you know, looking at the lyrics, it's like they're addressing kind of the context of the album, I think, like the, the masculine and the feminine. And in that case, this guy, you know, is talking all this shit on this voicemail. Like he's going to come kick your ass, but he's just, it's like he's doing it from a distance. And he's like, I don't have the courage to say this to you directly, but so I'm just going to do it in a roundabout way. Anyway, that's what Adam would refer to as a interlude. At this point, he's probably still, at this point, if you were here, we were talking about this, he'd probably be upstairs, like, drinking more beer. Anybody got time for that? <laughs> what do you mean? Yes. This is what I'm talking about with the tool heaviness. This is a fun song to play for sure. Yeah. Which we did with Hot Cross and the last great watering hole in Atlanta. Shit. The intermission. That song, man. Yeah, that song is badass. It, That's one of the. Every time. I mean, because I think back to that time that we played it, because that was fun. There was a time when I played on stage, played the bass, we played Hooker with a Penis, and it was awesome. But yeah, that's always an awesome song. Super heavy, and I love the way it always finishes like that. And then from here, it kind of takes a little bit of a change to go into intermission. Which goes into Jimmy. Yeah. 
He's so happy. I always thought it was kind of creepy. Happy creepy? Happy creepy. That's it. That's a happy creepy game show. Happy creepy. <laughs> Hashtag happy creepy. Jimmy. of Satan. This is Sam Elliott, by the way. These songs are so good, man. They are. You really need to read the lyric sheet, too, or Googleize them, because they're, they're deep lyrics. And it's almost like you have to be in this kind of... You have to be in this kind of... Kind of existential mode. headspace, sort of. Yeah. I think they're like existential metal. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tool always had kind of a different message, and I think, you know... Bill Bill Hicks's comedy was kind of like that. It was like you know, keep moving forward and keep progressing. Hence, progressive metal. 
but they were going for the literal in terms of like be smarter, be more evolved, be all the things that we should be. Right. And that was one thing that was always great about Tool is they kind of had the similar message as Hicks, you know, like keep moving things forward. We didn't just get to this point and stop. We keep moving. We keep advancing. We keep, you know. Yeah. That's why we don't have eight tracks in 2020. <laughs> that's why some of us have advanced beyond the iPod, you know. I mean, things have changed in 2020. But, yeah, their, their lyrics are very uh, thought-provoking and very forward-thinking. Yes. Which in metal is very good. It's almost philosophy metal. I, I think that is philosophy metal. There we go. Philosophy. Well, I mean, Forbidden was like philosophy thrash metal, but Tool's kind of like philosophy, I don't know, philosophy intellectual metal is too much. It's too much. Too much, but but they do have that Floyd essence that I kind of yeah. feel that, that, that progginess. So now it's time for Die von Satan which is German for the eggs of Satan. And this is pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) That is kind of industrial. Thing. It's actually a recipe for some kind of like German Christmas cookies or something. Uh, with the <laughs> hashtag hashbags. <laughs> One half cup, as in a halbe quarter cup of salt. Knife tip of Turkish hashish. <laughs> Half a pound of butter. Teaspoon of vanilla sugar. Half a pound of flour. But they, they build the mood in this. Okay, it's too much. Too much, yeah. It is kind of intense. But they build the mood and it has this weird, like, like some dictator yeah. speaking to a crowd yeah. and it sounds like the crowd goes crazy and he's reading a recipe. <laughs> it's like, that's what he's doing. It's like, I don't know what the fuck he's... What is that? What kind of crazy propaganda is that? It's not propaganda. It's a recipe. And no eggs. <sighs> no eggs. <laughs> <coughs> if I'm being honest... I'd be impressed if I could have cookies that didn't have eggs in them. Is that possible? Push it real good. Push it's an interesting one. It's one of the longer tracks on the album, I think. Listen to the build. Yeah, it's only 10 minutes. Yeah. Another good one. Oh,
on mic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about Tool that is consistent is they do have the build-up qualities to their songs where they build. They do them in like movements, which is why some of them are so awesome to listen to in their entirety. Next is Caesar's Summer Sumability. That's so, that's so weird. I almost want to know what, what the fuck that's about because it just seems random. But as we said before, there's nothing random about a Tool album. Which it opens with the sound of a baby crying, which I'm sure there's some artistic quality to that. I think it's just this. If I remember correctly. title track which is awesome actually this is good stuff to listen to on headphones yeah FYI Excellent. Excellent. 
which I don't know if you've listened to it, especially in headphones. It's really cool. But I think I read a description somewhere that it's like a sound of like a metal sheet, like being hit with lightning or something like that, or electricity. But it creates this crazy noise. Let's listen, shall we? (laughs) Thank you.
matter is merely energy condensed to a slow vibration, that we are all one consciousness and sharing itself subjectively. There's no such thing as death. Life is only a dream with the imagination of ourselves. Here's Tom with the weather. goes on forever it's like 13 minutes but there's a part at the end that's like it's they just build this heaviness moment where it's like and it's like they keep going until they sync up in time anyway it's all very artsy and whatnot but yeah holy shit that's such an awesome album yes it is and something we read at the end that was kind of profound is part of their purpose I think for this album or what their intention was is that they were hoping that this album would kind of open open people's minds and thoughts and kind of get them moving on a path which we're not necessarily trying to do that we just want you to stay on a metal path path of metal but Tool I think with this album they were wanting to kind of open people's minds and put them on a path of perhaps self-discovery 
Such a good one. Yes. If you, if you do not own it, you should go, uh, I guess at this point, you download it or listen to it on the YouTubes, but preferably download it, support the music. Yes. Pay for the music. Uh, we never really went over the stats. Yes. Well, I mean, we kind of got sucked into the music. Let's be honest, that's way more fun. Yes. Um, of course, you've got the lineup. you got the Maynard, James Keenan on the Vox. The vocals. You got Adam Jones, the guitar. Justin Chancellor is the bass guitarist. And then Danny Carey is the drums, percussion, and other noisical samples. Uh, the guy that did the vocals on Dair Van Satan is Marco Fox. The organist on intermission was Iban Schletta. I'm guessing maybe it sounded, I think I, think I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded close. Uh, Chris Pittman, additional synthesizer on Third Eye. David Bottrell, piano and keyboards, a message to Harry Manback. That's almost as fun to say as backshadowing in a way, you think? Harry Manback? You think they had that? <laughs> I think maybe when they did that song, they were they probably had, they felt the same about that, I think, as I feel about backshadowing. It's very possible, yes. I think I think maybe they just went around the studio and were like, hey man, Harry Manback. I don't know. Maybe maybe not, but Maybe so. It, it sounds that way to me. Uh, on the production crew, bunch of people. I'm wondering if Adams covered some of these be- other people on other albums before. That would be a, I'm sure, crazy yeah. deep, deep, deep metal nerdery dive. David Bottrell, Alana Kane, or Alana Kane was David Bottrell was a producer, engineer, mixing. I guess he had to wear multiple hats. And the ah. Uh, Alana or Alana Kane, A-L-A-N-A, was the model slash contortionist, which if you have the album, you know what the inside artwork looks like. Yes. Uh, For those who are not in the know, it looks like someone trying to fillet (laughs) themselves. But if that is a woman, then I guess whatever the female equivalent to... Is it auto fellatio? I don't know. That's going off on something tangentially unrelated. But yes, it is. Uh, Cam de Leon, artwork, computer illustration, Fabrico Di Santo. Love that name. Photography and photo assistance. Gudrun Fox, the translation of Dair von Satan. I just like saying that. Von Satan. Don't deny the power of Satan. Adam Jones did the production and uh, artwork direction. Interesting. Unless it was a different... You don't think it's like a different Adam Jones other than actually Adam Jones, right? Do you think it's possible? It's possible. Perhaps he also... Alto. Perhaps he also wears many hat. I guess it would make sense that he would. I mean, I don't know. I've never understood. How could you not be a producer if you're part of the band? Does that make you yeah. a producer by default? Yeah, yeah. You're producing effectively the sounds that you're hearing. Looks like he also toured with the Melvins. Uh, that would have been a cool show. The Melvins and Tool. That would be fascinating. Because the Melvins are kind of weird, but Tool's a little more... Tool's a, a little bit different strain of weird but than the Melvins. We love the weird. Looks like like he's, he's worked on a lot of, a lot of films. Well, he's had kind of an artsy uh, background. I think we might have covered that on one of the um, on the guitarists episode. Backshadowing. We did recently. I think we talked about what Adam Jones did pre not pre tool, but 
Well, yeah, what he did do pre-tool, he did some art, art stuff, effects stuff. So probably he did some artistic direction on this album. Drop D. <laughs> drop D. Yeah, drop the D. Drop the D. All right, let's go back. Uh, Jeremy Glasgow, assistant percussionist. Conchetta Halstead, producer design. Billy Howardell, guitar tech, Pro Tools technician. That name sounds familiar. John Larson, Karen Mason, Jeff Novak. Oh, yeah, Billy Howardell is in Perfect Circle. That's why that name sounds familiar. Durr, mad. Uh, Karen Mason, Jeff Novak, photography, Mark Rappaport, effects consultant, Keith Willis, artwork, and I presume his brother, Kevin Willis, producer, art direction, and paintings. Holy shit. Number one in New Zealand. That's right. Word. <laughs> Number two in the U.S. Wow. 96, yeah. Well, Sober was such a huge hit off Undertow. I mean, it was yeah. probably inevitable that it would be, that the follow-up would be big. Right, yeah. Because they played the shit out of Sober. I remember that. Because that, that video was really weird. It yeah. was like the claymation right. or like the weird. Yeah, I remember that too. What the fuck are they doing? Yeah. But so that set them up kind of nicely. Well, I think we have... Uh, we have talked about quite a bit of Tool today, to the point that our voices are starting to fail. Yeah. Actually, I'm kidding. We listened to mostly a bunch of Tool, but uh, you should go listen to this album in its entirety, I think. You need to listen to it in head with headphones in its entirety. And maybe with a substance yeah. of enjoyment. Something to uh, open your eye and expand your mind. Beverage. Or such. Or beverage. Perhaps as they serve in the rainforests of South America. You know, those kind of beverages. I don't know. <laughs> Hashtag hashbags. I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, that has been our pseudo... I don't know. It's, it's, we're we're two-thirds the nerds here, so it's like a two-third the nerd dive. But it was brought to you by Tool. Support the Tool. Support. Hold up the Tool. Love the tool. Enjoy the tool. This is the nerds. We are out. Thank you for listening and spread the nerdery about the metal nerdery. Absolutely. Later. Later, guys. This is Nigel Nigerson, and you're listening to Metal Nerdery. Please follow them on the social media. Uh, they are now on Twitter at Metal Nerdery. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Metal Nerdery Podcast and search for them out in the Googles at metalnerdery.com slash podcast. This is Obvious Osborne. That guy's British. Isn't it obvious? <laughs> <laughs>